Welcome to Maddie Speaks. My name is Kevin Maurer, Director of Community Engagement for the Cape Fear Collective. I've spent my entire career telling stories, but nothing is a substitute for the lived experience. That's why when Maddie, an African-American woman, was willing to tell me her story about living and working in our community, I jumped at the chance. On paper, Maddie is part of the American middle class. She works in healthcare, and her husband is a public servant. But as we talk, you'll hear the reality of her every day. It's a struggle from making rent to overcoming systemic racism. And then the pandemic hits. This is a rare, unvarnished glimpse at our life. One life, one struggle. I wish Maddie's story was unique, but as you listen, keep in mind, her struggles are more common than you think. But empathy is our best tool for understanding. On this episode, Maddie turns the tables and wonders why I haven't talked to my kids about racism. The, you have to know that whenever people tell you this so that you can make sure you get home to me, don't talk back. You get pulled over, you got to keep your hands on the steering wheel. Ask permission for everything you do. I think it's much, even for you, I think it might be a little deeper than everyone realizes. Well, I mean, I think you just seized on something. The conversation you have to have with your kids. I mean, this is a conversation that, I mean, I, I think I'm going to have parts of that conversation, but I'm not going to have the conversation. Your conversation that you're going to have with Jackson is not the conversation I'm going to have with my son who's about the same age. Why wouldn't you have the same conversation? I would. Parts of it, I would. Parts of it, I absolutely would. What to do when you get pulled over, how to act, right? But my son is white. So you're not having, but okay. So what I mean is, would you ever sit down with your son and say, I need you to understand black people are no different than white people? No, I mean, I I, I haven't had that conversation. You have not had that conversation? Would you ever? Or would you just believe that your son knows that white people and black people are the exact same? I think I'm arrogant enough to think that I've raised him well enough to know that, but I don't know that for sure now that you say it. Like, maybe I need to have that conversation? Do you, uh, better question. I, I mean, you, I, I'm not telling you what to do, but I would. I would just test the water. Like, do you have black, does he have black friends? I had a girl that used to work with us and I straight up told her, if your son doesn't see black people, he will never have black friends and it will be a direct result of you. He and does token black friend. Well, I have a black friend, and I was like, ah, my point. <laughs> he does because he he's he's in athletics, um, which I which I think uh, I look at in my own background and and the times I played on teams and athletics. I mean, that was really where that crossover was, and and it was all you know all one team going for it. Um, but you bring up a very interesting point. I mean, maybe that is the conversation that needs to be had. I, I, you know, that's interesting. I mean, kind of got me on the spot here. I kind of feel like, <laughs> and I'm not, and I'm not that, trying right? to do that. That wasn't my, that wasn't my, my goal with that. But I really am interested. Whenever white people say, "Well, you know, I would have parts of those conversations." Okay, do you have the conversation and tell your children? Just so you know, when you walk out of this door, if you encounter a black person, that black person is no different than you. I just want to make sure you know that. 
right? Like that kind of conversation. Right. And I loved it. I love your comment, but here's how, here's how stupid my mind sounds, right? Since, since you, you are, you, you, you know, I don't think I like, why would I have that conversation? Right. But maybe that, maybe we need to have that conversation. Maybe we've got to go back to the beginning at the, the base of this and have that conversation with our, our white kids. Mm-hmm. We like, tell them everything else. Right. Like when you think about what your kids are allowed to see in the world right now, right? You can turn on any form of social media and your child probably can get to sex a lot faster than you can, right? You can turn on any form of TV, probably can get to sex faster than you can, right? So that's normal, right? That's, but that's a real part of life. There's that. But I think that we forget the fact that racism is still alive and well, too. So we don't ever have we have the conversations about sex. We have the conversations about behavior, but we don't have the conversations about, hey, I want to make sure that you know this. And I don't think that you think black people are different, but I want to know what you think. If you're in a class and, you know, little I can't think of a good black name, <laughs> you know, generic black name. I do with Johnny and Susie. Um, <laughs> but if they're not doing, if they're doing the same thing as the white kids, but the teacher only calls them out consistently, do you notice that? Do you notice if your black friends have to act different? Those kinds of conversations are the ones that are the tough, 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 tough conversations for white people. But it's normal for black people to have these kind of conversations because we have to. I'm gonna have that conversation or I'm gonna report back because you yeah. open up my eyes now that man, I need to have this conversation because I don't I don't know if I mean I, I'd like to be arrogant enough to think that my actions and the way he sees the way the work I do and the things I've done should be enough, but maybe that isn't enough. And you have maybe. to think he goes to Roland Grice, right? He does. So it's not like going to Williston, right? No. Like you don't have black culture in your face day in and day out, right? right. And Roland Grice, you're likely to not have as high of a um, an encounter. Mm-hmm. No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, and I, and I you know, I, I've taken, like I said, I, I think this is a blind spot that maybe I just need to be explicit about, you know, it's so much of what we do when we raise our kids, we're explicit about what the standard is and how they need to act and where, you know, and maybe this is something that I assumed. And that, that assumption probably is why this is, you know, you keep saying, well, when, you know, does it, does racism go another generation now because of the pool incident and some of the other things we talked about? And maybe the, the fact that we don't have this conversation is only perpetuating this problem. And it's one thing to act like it, but then to say it and then continually, you know, show that, that action, right? That behavior is probably going to be the most powerful part. Yep. Dang, this is good. <laughs> I mean, because I, I don't think this conversation's had enough, you know? I mean, it's not at all. I think that, 
I think people think just like you did. Well, I, I mean, I've done well. I'm kind to black people. My kids should know black people are the same as white people. But then whenever your son goes to school and little Johnny comes along and little Johnny don't like black people, you know, your son may have some influences that aren't even intentional. Like he's not even intentionally trying to get that, but it happens, right? So I think that what happens, we reinforce so much as parents and sometimes we don't reinforce everything. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm going back over my head. Like we were out last week. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I think my assumptions are, are what, what, what's faulty. I think the fact that he's been out with me doing some of the work I do um, and seen it, I thought that would be enough, but I don't think it is. Um, yeah. and, and I'm not sure if maybe, you know, when it goes, what he sees and what I see, I may not, you know, they're obviously two different things and he may be taking different assumptions or, may, or making different inferences to it. What I, Whereas you realize you're making an impact, he might just think you're working. Right. Or he may see the impact differently. Right. Mm -hmm. Like what I don't want him to see is that uh, like, I'm just trying to do my little part and, and I'm, uh, you know, I don't want him to think I'm saving anyone. Like I'm, I don't want to change that. That narrative can get really skewed where he thinks that the, the only way this world works is if we come in and to, to some of these, you know, predominantly, you know, African-American neighborhoods and we we're saving the day. And that's, that's the farthest thing from the truth. Right. Which that's what scares me now. Now that I go back over it, I'm like, shoot, did he get the <laughs> wrong idea here? Because that's not what this is. And that was never any of my in, intention was in the work that I do is not this. I'm not saving anyone. Yeah. Um, and we've talked, you and I have talked about that. Yeah. Like I didn't, you know, that was one of my bigger things. Like I need to make sure this guy doesn't think he's coming in on a white horse and, going to talk to a little black girl and change her life. You know, I didn't think <laughs> I didn't want it to be like that. Whereas as adults, we understand, right? Like right. you understand, I understand, but I think kids, it's just so different. I think at some point, I think black people always, we've always had to talk, you know, the, if you get pulled over the, you know, whenever somebody approaches you, what you say, things like that. We've always had to talk. And I think now is just a time for white people to start having the same talk. You know, and not necessarily the same talk, but the same talk. You need to have the talk of that everybody's the same. You're not better than anybody. Nobody's better than you. And I'm not saying that your son thinks like that. I'm just saying in general, like, this is the conversation that isn't had. Yeah, I don't think you're talking about my son, but you could be. And that's why we got to remedy this. And I think when, when we talk about this, I think one of the things that, you know, you're trying very hard, right, to raise your kids, to not, to not be racist, to get over some of these systems, to, to be proud, to be themselves, right? And, and I think we, we need to do our part on this side. I mean, I need to sit down with my, my oldest and have that conversation. Because if I have it and you have it, we can, this mushrooms out, we may, we may be able to make a systemic change here. Yeah, I've even had the conversation with my mother. Like, really? Ahmad Avery happened and I said, I need you to kind of understand that just because you had a child with a black man does not make you like understand 
blackness. <laughs> like we just had that conversation this past weekend. Um, so, I mean, I think that I'm big on conversations and I think this is just one area where people just have to start having the conversation. Okay, so we had the talk, or at least the best version I could muster. You know, cut me some slack. It was my first time doing it. Um, some good news. I don't think my son's a racist. He doesn't think someone is less than him because of their skin color, gender, sexual orientation, or beliefs. And he's not hanging out with racist friends. That's comforting, and no, I don't think he was lying to me. I don't think you gave him enough credit in the podcast, to be honest. He does get it. He understands the lessons I've tried to instill in him. He doesn't think I'm saving anyone, and I'm just doing my job at the Cape Fear Collective. He also doesn't think he can save anyone. Hell, the kid quoted Martin Luther King at some point, and it wasn't one of the greatest hits, man. It was a deep cut. But what struck me most from our conversation was just, was just how innocent he was. You know, racism, sexism, any of the isms didn't make any sense to him. It sort of was against his whole worldview. My hope is he can keep that idea, but I'm skeptical. He'll be exposed to inequity. He'll be exposed to racism. And, and there's no getting around it. The key will be to keep that door open so that when he is exposed, he's got somewhere to go to go look for an explanation. I don't think we'll have this conversation once. I think we'll have it many times. And as he gets older and more exposed to the system, we'll have to revisit parts of it for sure. But at least he knows the door's open. The one thing I hope he always remembers is we're all in this together. That America's everyone. And if we work every day to live up to the ideals of freedom and equity, then we're making progress. It's going to take a thousand little victories to change a system that started over 400 years ago. But after talking to my son, I think I've got a little spark of hope that it can be done.